to see today's photo, go to mtforchrist.org or follow me, M.T. Clark, on Facebook or Twitter. Good morning. Today's photo of, of bare earth and a concrete slab underneath a blue and cirrus cloud-filled sky comes to us from a friend who not too long ago dreamed of and made the decision to build a new home in Florida for their retirement. Dreaming about and deciding things is one thing. Uh, purchasing the land and laying a foundation is quite another. Generally, when we make statements to others about what we want to do with our lives that seem to be out of the norm, our friends and loved ones will ask, Are you serious? Well, <laughs> our friend put their money where their mouth was, and their spade to ground to show that they were indeed very serious about their dream and decision, and they shared this photo of the firmly planted foundation of their future home on social media back on April 7th. That sky is brilliant, but the thing of beauty in this photo was are the things unseen. This photo's beauty is the beauty of hope and potential. This photo's beauty lies in the things not seen, that seemingly came out of nothing, but with, with determined effort will materialize in the manifestation of our friend's vision, in which they will actually physically live. This photo conveys the wonder of the world that God has made for us. God made a world in which we could envision and create almost anything we put our minds to. I almost said that we could create or do anything we put our minds to, but the truth is that God gave us such a wonderful faculty of imagination that it is possible to envision things that we can't actually create physically. But as I think about it, even among the physically impossible dreams we have, we could create works of art to reflect our vision, whether it's a drawing, a painting, a sculpture, a novel, a blueprint, or a motion picture, God gives us a means of expressing even the wildest visions of our imagination. It's just, it just may not be something we can hold in our hands or live in. Um, so I guess we can create anything we put our minds to, but the finished product of our imagination may need to be tempered with how our dreams manifest. Uh, creative works of art aside, when it comes to real life, I have come to have less patience with and don't invest my thoughts and imaginations on plans for my life that I can't work towards and accomplish. Back in my drug-using days, I would spend time with people who would endlessly talk about their future hopes and plans for their lives that had little or no chance of actually happen happening especially considering all they did was do drugs and talk about the futures as if things would just magically appear. Someday I'm going to live there. I'm going to get me one of those one day. I'm going to live in a mansion with a swimming pool, a four-car garage, and never have to work a day in my life. Unfortunately, saying it doesn't make it happen, and dreams that we have for one day or someday will never happen if we don't plan for and work toward them today. Some people feel that they can pray and God will provide things miraculously. While that is possible, I feel that God's moving in the miraculous is a rare occasion and tends to have a higher purpose than meeting our personal desires. People with this view of the Lord have him confused with the genie. Unfortunately, our misunderstandings about God and our unanswered prayers can cause us to decide that he doesn't exist that he doesn't, or that he doesn't 
either doesn't care about us or can't help us. So how do we know God cares and how can we experience his help in our lives? Well, the evidence for God, the manifestation of his vision to help us and to reconcile us to him, was born in a manger in Bethlehem. Jesus Christ is the culmination of God's plan of redemption for mankind that was first prophesied about in the third chapter of Genesis and continues throughout the Old Testament scriptures. God used men to speak about the coming Messiah and to envision a day when he would come to save us. Unfortunately, men's imaginations aren't perfect, and the majority opinion that the Messiah would come as a conqueror didn't quite play out like they thought it would. Although there are scriptures that describe the Messiah as one who would rule and reign, like Isaiah 32, 1, there are others that describe him as a suffering servant, like Isaiah 53. Um, with the advent of Christ, we now understand that these seemingly contradictory uh, contradictory prophecies are both true. They see they describe Christ's first appearance on earth when he suffered, died, and was resurrected and ascended to heaven, and his eventual second coming that was promised in the book of Acts, right on the heels of the moment of his heavenly departure by an angelic messenger. Jesus is coming back. So God had a plan for mankind. Although it hasn't been completely worked out yet, it is working out more and more each day as people continually see the truth and put their faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior and decide to stand on the firm foundation of the rock by following him. Uh, as, I, as we will celebrate Christ's resurrection tomorrow, I can remember before I was born again how I was always troubled and confused about Easter. I just didn't get it. All the weird symbolism, the traditions of men, and the confounding truth of Christ's death and resurrection was an offense to my logical mind. And now that I have some clarity on the matter, I realize that it was an offense to my conscience. If Christ died for my sins and was raised from the dead, it meant I was a sinner. There were things I was doing that were wrong, that I should not do, that I should stop doing, and that needed to be forgiven of and paid for. It also meant that Christ was God, and that meant um, that I, I didn't really have a choice. If Jesus was the truth, the way, and the life, I had to choose to follow him, or I was going to pay for my sins and have God's wrath poured out for me, um, that I would be separated from God's kingdom and, I, and consigned to eternal suffering in hell. And I didn't like that. I didn't want to be good. I didn't want to change. So I used my snarky wit and disdain for the cute and cuddly symbols of Easter to basically reject it all. But at various times, I would also try to claim a place in heaven through nothing more than the fact of my infant baptism, that somehow I could just be forgiven because of a ceremony that was done on my behalf when I was too young and unaware that I was being promised to be part of the kingdom of God. Um, I didn't want to go to hell, but was too rebellious to make anyone my Lord. But thanks be to God, the Lord never let me go. And during my, the 38th year of my life, he arranged for me to hear the gospel message that saved my life. The message told me that I didn't have to earn my salvation like I thought I had. The message told me of God's plan that began in an antiquity and moved through the ages until Christ was born and died for us. It also told me that he, 
told me that for me to be forgiven of my sins and to be part of God's plan for all eternity, all I had to do was say yes to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. The message told me that God did exist. He did care for me, and he, did, and he could help me if I would only come to him. And I did. Like I said, I don't like ethereal dreams or spiritual wishes. If I was going to be a part of God's vision for me, I wanted to make it real. If I was going to be a Christian, I wanted to be real. And even though I was still in bondage to the besetting sins that I would one day be freed from, I was drawn to read the Bible to get to know God more. I finished. I figured I was hopeless in terms of sinning. God took on a big burden with me because he was going to have to forgive all my sins and I wasn't done yet. But I knew he saved me anyway, and the love I had for him drew me to read his word and to begin to try to live out the plan he had for my life. Even though I was a rebel and a big sinner, I wanted to change, but I didn't think I could. In our hearts of hearts, we know when we're, we're doing wrong, and a part of us desperately wants to change. Because God wrote his law on our hearts. Our consciences come from him. But for me, the idea or the dreams that someday I'll stop doing drugs, someday I'll stop drinking, or someday I'll be pure and be loyal and thought and deed to one woman, seemed as crazy as some of the drug-fueled fantasies that I had heard from some of the ghosts in my past. But the Lord had a vision and a plan for me when I realized that I realized that I wanted it too, and started walking and, and, and working towards it. God's creative work that he began in my heart became manifest in the world of the living. And just like the work of the, uh, of the creation of the universe, the work that he began in me keeps going and going and going. As I allow his word and spirit to expand my horizons and take me places physically, emotionally, and spiritually, that I would have never dreamed possible. But what man thinks is impossible is possible with God. The Lord is the creator of life, and that, and, and that is what he wants all of us to have through Jesus Christ, life and life more abundantly. So as we enjoy Saturday today and celebrate Easter tomorrow, let's remember all that Christ has done for us, and let's decide to let God work out the plan that he has for our lives. Our life of faith is no pipe dream. If we decide to follow God's wisdom and ways, we can discover just how real God is. We can discover just how much he can help us, and we can discover just how much he cares. God loves us. So keep walking and talking with him. All his plans are good, and right now we are living in the beauty of the potential of the unseen. We don't know where he is leading us, but if we keep going, we will be amazed at all the things we see that will come out of nowhere as we walk with him from here to eternity. Today's Bible verse comes to us from the New Living Translation Bible Promise Book for Men. This morning's meditation verses are 1 John 2, 24 and 25. And they say, So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life He promised us.
Today's Bible verse encourages us to keep first things first. As I stated, the fact that the resurrection the fact of the resurrection of Christ can be confounding, but it is true, and the implications of it are far reaching for us personally and for all mankind. That gospel truth of the atonement of our sins and the new spiritual life we receive when we put our faith in Christ is the first lesson we learn as Christians. If we don't believe the fact and implications of Christ's death and resurrection and make a personal commitment to put our faith in him, we aren't Christians. The Apostle Paul was known for his scholarship of the, for the, of the Old Testament scriptures, but he proclaimed in 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He also wrote in 1 Corinthians 6.14, and God raised, God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Verses like these show us that Christ's death and resurrection matters. They are the cornerstone doctrines of our faith. They prove Christ was God and that his words are true. So as today's Bible verse, verses tell us, we need to be faithful to what we have been taught from the beginning. Christ crucified and raised to life again. And today's verses also indicate that our faith is not just believing. We are to remain in the fellowship with the Son and the Father. That points to a steadfast commitment to be in a living, continuous relationship with God. We don't just believe the gospel one time and go about our business. We are to remain in fellowship with God by living a lifestyle of Christian discipleship. Far more than just a worldview, we are to remain in fellowship with the Son and the Father by living our lives according to their commandments and by sharing their love with others. When we do this, uh, we prove who we are in Christ for all the world to see, and it will be no surprise to us when we enjoy the eternal life he promised us. So remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning and teach it to others by proclaiming it and by living it every day. As always, I invite all to go to mtforchrist.org, where I always share insights from prominent Christian theologians and counselors to assist my brothers and sisters in Christ with their walk. Today we continue sharing from John Piper's Don't Waste Your Life. And today John talks about um, how he was inspired by the resolutions of, of Jonathan Edwards and... Um, one of, one of the personal resolutions that Edwards made as a commitment to his life is Resolution 22. And it said, he was resolved to endeavor to obtain for myself as much happiness in the other world as I possibly can with all the power, might, vigor, and vehemence, yea, violence I am capable of, or can bring myself to exert in any way that can be thoughtful of. You know, that re resolution may strike us as blatantly self-centered or even dangerous if we do not understand the deep connection in Edward's mind between the glory of God and the happiness of Christians. You know, the, the violence he had in mind was what Jesus meant when he said, in essence, it, it was better to gouge out our eyes or to, uh, to kill lust or go to heaven than to make peace with sin and go to hell as in Matthew 25, uh, 5.29 says. Um, Piper writes that being happy in God was the way we glorify him. This was the reason we were created. Delighting in God was not 
a mere preference or option in life. It was our joyful duty and should be the first, uh, the single passion of our lives. Therefore, to resolve to maximize his happiness in God was to resolve to show him more glorious than all other sources of happiness. Seeking happiness in God and glorying, glorifying God were the same. Uh, Piper goes on to write, um, you know, that Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards saying that God's purpose for my life was that I had, I have a passion for God's glory and that I have a passion for my joy in that glory and that these two things are one passion. Piper writes, God created me and you to live with a single, all-embracing, all-transforming passion, namely a passion to glorify God by enjoying and displaying his supreme excellence in all the spheres of life. Uh, enjoying and displaying are both crucial. If we try to display the excellence of God without joy in it, we will display a shell of hypocrisy and create scorn or legalism. But if we claim to enjoy his excellence and do not display it for others to see and admire, we, de we deceive ourselves because the mark of God-enthralled joy is to overflow and expand by extending itself into the hearts of others. The wasted life is the life without a passion for the supremacy of God in all things, for the joy of all peoples. Piper's awesome. Uh, that was all Piper, by the way. Um, and that's why I share his book. Um, basically, it, it inspires us to show us that, you know, this this life of faith, you know, is, is rightly understood um, by, by it, you know, showing God glory, um, you know, um, by enjoying him, <laughs> you know, not just, not some drudgery. Our lives are, are supposed to be, you know, equal parts glorifying God, enjoying our lives in Christ. Um, so, um, you know, go online and, and check out that uh, entire excerpt and the ones previous to it from John Piper's book, Don't Waste Your Life, um, that I'm sharing on the blog. You know, um, you know, if you see something, say something they say. And, uh, you know, I saw the goodness of God, and, and that's, that's my purpose for life now is to show it to other people and to encourage Christians in their walk and, and the fact that they can experience freedom um, from the things that upset us. And, and I'm not just talking about drugs and alcohol. I'm talking about, um, you know, in Christ we have a, a means to manage our anger, our fear, our anxiety, our depression, you know, all the negative mind states. Um, you know, when we're grounded in our identity in Christ, you know, we can put things in perspective to conquer these these fears and these 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 negative mind states. Um, it's good mental health because it's good spiritual health. Um, you know, where we are complete beings, and our bodies, minds, and and souls can all be um, you know impacted by our relationship with the Lord. Um, so we encourage a life of Christian discipleship, and that's not just following rules. You know, that's that's believing who we are. And letting that truth, you know, um, move us through through our lives. And it's not just standing on facts. Facts. It's it's a spiritual life in us that is directly connected to God through the Spirit realm. Um, our Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in us. We are in communion with God in the Spirit, and that reality is what draws our life of Christian discipleship. It's not like I got to do everything the Word of God says because it's a rule. It's a way of life. It's a, you know, 
a philosophy of living, if you will. And it's a spiritual reality at the same time. This is a dynamic walk of faith that, that really doesn't get, you know, good press, even within the church. Um, you know, generally, the church environments, it's either legalistic, you know, follow those rules, or super spirituality where you're running around hooping and hollering. Um, sometimes the two come together to some extent. Um, and, uh, it, but even in those environments, sometimes it doesn't leave the four walls of the church. Um, you know, this is supposed to be a life of, uh, disciples, a discipleship. Um, the apostles were disciples of Christ. They lived it and they went into the world to tell people and they lived their lives according to it. You know, all the doctrines of our faith are based on Christian living because these guys lived it. You know, these are the, you know, it's not just what we believe and why we believe it. It's, you know, how we live, too. So we encourage that walk because we know it's it's the way the Lord wants us to live and that we can really enjoy our lives for it. And that, that two-pronged, uh, you know, knowing what we believe and living it out and giving God glory, it all comes together in the life of Christian discipleship. We can't live, you know, uh, our lives just in the world and then go to church for an hour and think, you know, we're, we're, we're reconciled to God and everything we should do. Um, he wants more for us. That's the abundant life. So we share our discipleship classes, victory over the darkness, the bondage breaker and freedom in Christ on the podcast to try to encourage you along these lines. Um, and, um, we, we have the blog and we share lots of, lots of resources from Christian counselors and theologians that point to these, these truths of who we are in Christ and that, you know, encourage us in our faith. And, you know, there's, there's topics on the, the blog from depression to uh, suicide prevention, to substance abuse, to, to dealing with grief. Um, all of it's provided, you know, uh, as an encouragement to my brothers and sisters in Christ and it's free, um, you know, on the blog. And, you know, if you don't want to read it on the blog, you, you know, find the title and go out and, you know, bless the, the author by, um, by buying their work. Um, and, and bless yourself by applying their wisdom, you know, that's drawn from the word of God to your life. Um, you know, and it's obviously the word of God. We revere the word of God and it's not just man's opinions or some, you know, Christian guru, um, it's based on the Word of God. And uh, we, we study it, and we encourage the study of it by sharing our Bible study every week. And we're, even though it's Easter, you know, it's a holiday, you know, don't you want to get up early and, you know, give out Easter eggs or something? Uh, no, we'll still be doing our Bible study. Um, you know, we're uh, we're going to, uh, we're meeting with Arthur and Susanna Sincati, God willing, uh, tomorrow via Zoom. And uh, we'll be recording that, uh, recording that, and posting that on Easter Sunday for everyone to enjoy. I just can't wait to see what Arthur's going to come up with for Easter, um, and what we'll say and do. Um, that's and that's a that's that's part of the joy of our Christian walk is we don't know what's going to happen, uh, but we're going to be faithful. You know, um, I recently heard John MacArthur speak about how we we cannot control outcomes or other people. Um, but all we can, but what we can do is control our effort and our, you know, our effort to do whatever and our efforts to follow the Lord are the efforts that are, are paid out here on earth and in eternity. So we encourage you in that effort and we wish you a happy Saturday 
and uh, we should pray. <laughs> Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for another day in your kingdom. Thank you for delivering me safely to my countryside home and my loving life. Uh, to enjoy this weekend and to enjoy the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Lord, we know um, what it means. Um, we, we know that it means your God and what you said is true. And um, we just thank you, Lord, um, for all that you do in our lives, all you provided through all the days of our lives. And, and most importantly, the truth that you let us know that Jesus is who he said he was and that it, it was meaningful for us enough to make him Lord and Savior. And uh, that you move us to move about this earth um, to share your, your love and goodness, Lord. So we pray and we thank you. Um, Lord, we thank you for all the people listening today. We pray for them to have a happy Easter and to be blessed. Pray for you to come alongside their prayer requests for healing and, and other, other issues of their lives. Um, and Lord, we pray for you to go before us today to open our eyes to all the beauty that you have and, and for the spiritual wisdom you need us to see and just the things uh, that you could warn us about. Well, look out for that. Um, we know sometimes we get intuitions like that, Lord. We know they're brought from you because your sovereign will be done. Uh, you know, those near misses are, are, are directed by you. Um, you protect us and guide us as we go. And um, we, we, we pray for that to continue, Lord. And we thank you for your presence and your help and your care and concern for us in our lives. And we thank you and pray all these things in the, in the Son of, uh, in the name of our Son and Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.